everyone. My name is Jonathan Sankari. And I'm Rishab Chatty. And this is Politics on Wheels. Welcome to our first episode, where we ask the question, is religion good or bad for society? Just a quick disclaimer, we're by no means scholars of the topics. We're just average college students delving into deep conversation and promoting discourse. Yeah, and so without further ado, let's get into it. So Jonathan, what do you think? Is religion good or is it bad? I think that's a really good, uh, complex question. And... I think it would be helpful if we broke it down into three separate categories. So I'm thinking, is it good in terms of political and societal well-being, individual well-being, and cultural well-being? And I think those provide a well-rounded um, lens by which we can look at the question. What do you think? I, can, I, I like that you uh, split it up into three ca- uh, categories. I do happen to disagree on some fronts there. Uh, my personal belief is that with all things, everything is good in moderation. And uh, it seems to be that religion, when used as uh, a maximalist uh, approach to society, seems to be oftentimes more hurtful than helpful. By maximalist, do you mean like promoting the greatest amount of well-being? So maximalism is a ideology that religion should be intertwined in society. It should be... Uh, kind of what society is run off of so think uh little church and uh separation of church and state or uh things being funded by churches and religious institutions instead of the government Mm, interesting um i want to know your perspective on what many prominent atheists would say um steven pinker for example or sam harris might say that religion is terrible for society and it has led to some of the greatest conflicts and persecution in history what do you think about that well i only agree with half that statement to be honest where uh i don't agree that religion is bad for society inherently bad for society i think that religion especially when it comes to cultural and individual individualistic approaches and well-being it certainly does have a pretty profound and beneficial impact on individuals and uh, societies but Again, when used in uh, when used in more than moderation, it does seem to start its benefits seem to start uh, declining, and uh, I do think I do agree that religion has uh, surmounted to some of the biggest conflicts and uh, points of tensions in uh, history and in our modern society. Where um, I would disagree there. So keep in mind we're talking about the political and societal area of well-being right now that first category and i think if you look at religious regimes and compare it to atheist or secular regimes you would see that the secularist regimes promote much far more violence uh persecution and um, are more detrimental to well-being than religion and i'll give a few examples of this take mao in china or uh, hitler in germany or even Stalin, the greatest example of secularism in um, in the world. Um, all three of these killed an insurmountable amount of people. And I wonder how you would respond to that. Well, I, I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Uh, it, it is a good argument in terms of uh, religion being good, because I, I struggle to see a world in which if religion was a 
profound had a profound impact on those societies or a profound uh was a profound part of those societies uh that that kind of violence or that kind of authoritarianism would have even uh come to power but i don't know if it's fair to uh characterize that as uh the impact of religion or the lack of it i mean the entire reason that uh those deaths occurred is because are because of political purposes like well uh, okay so thank you for bringing that up um you're aware of jordan peterson yeah yes sir i am jordan peterson and sam harris had a few discussions uh one in vancouver i think in which um jordan peterson made this point all societies at some level are organized into hierarchies right so you have like the different classes for example and at the top you have the state or what's traditionally been like one specific ruler right in different um empires say or for example in nazi germany that was hitler um and usually this one figure can't exercise all his authority he can't do whatever he want because he's accountable to the people but he's also accountable to a higher power which is what every empire has believed in except for a few right um and with hitler or stalin you could say that they didn't believe in that higher power in fact they were very um antagonistic towards religion and so when you don't have that moral responsibility to a higher power then you're not accountable to anyone you can take matters into your own hands and this is what we see right in fact i want to bring us back to what nietzsche said one of the great philosophers um he said god is dead and that's what atheists like to focus on but he also said as a result of that the 20th century would be the bloodiest century in history and i think that is one of the truest statement statements i've ever heard um yeah, what do you think about that? Well, uh, going back to the hierarchy that you mentioned, uh, to say that to say that kings were held accountable to that higher power kind of conflicts with where I come from, which is the idea of secular humanism, where I believe that religion and morality are not one and the same, where morality can exist outside of religion. And so... Uh, Sure, kings may have held themselves accountable to that higher power, but that doesn't necessarily mean that kings would have to believe in a higher power to be held accountable for their for their own actions. I mean, for example, uh, after the uh, after the uh, Peace of Westphalia, where uh, the decline of the Holy Roman Empire began to become more noticeable and separation of church and state became more prominent in European society. We started to see kings like kind of move away from the from uh supporting the Vatican Church and Catholicism, and uh we started to see more of like a influence of politics on governance and not as much on, uh, of religion. And we still saw that like those empires or those kingdoms still like still prosper despite right. uh despite these like this loss of religion and as an influence. Um. Okay. Let me just respond to that. So. You talk a little about morality. Um, would you agree, without religion, there wouldn't be objective morality, and morality would be inherently subjective, 
and perhaps like focused on the well-being of humans well from a cultural standpoint morality isn't objective different cultures have different mor- different right morality, but right? they draw from the same principles like if you look at cultural cu- cultures that developed across the world they still had a consistent at some level consistent moral code true but to say that ob- morality is objective means that mor- that would mean that morality is one and the same across all cultures or all religions or all faiths but that simply isn't true well objective morality simply means that some things are right and wrong whether or not you believe them right so humans can develop their moral codes but that doesn't mean that they're completely right in in their moral codes right well, that would mean that there are, there are objective morals, not as much that morality is objective. And I, and I can agree that well, there are objective Well, objective morals means at some level, some morality is objective. But again, so that would mean that objective morality doesn't exist, just some morality is objective. Those are one and the same. Those aren't one and the same. Because if you're saying that morality is objective, that means morality as a code is objective. And there, there is one standard morality across all cultures. But... There are only some morals, or there are only some uh, ideologies that run, or that turn out to be objective across all societies. For example, that rape is wrong or murder is wrong. But when it comes to like more intric- more intricate details, like for example, uh, should we like if we get into like abortion or gene editing or those kind of like more nitpicky topics, that objective morality that you refer to starts to kind of shimmer out a bit. When I refer to objective morality, I'm not talking about a moral code, right? I'm saying, look, we have good and we have evil. We have right and wrong. And the existence of evil implies that there is good, right? And therefore, there has to be some standard by which we discern evil from good. Um, C.S. Lewis once said, you can't know a crooked line without first knowing a straight line, right? So that's what I mean when I'm saying objective morality, at some level, there's an objective standard by which we can discern the two. There's an there's a moral law at, at some metaphysical level, and I I believe, and I think many atheists would also agree, that without God, this moral law does not exist. And so, from a godless standpoint, you're only foundation for morality is the well-being of people would you agree with that statement yeah i would okay so now we can come back to hitler and stalin um so would you say that morality relates to well-being only if it's agreed upon by everybody right so so if someone doesn't believe that they should respect another human's well-being. Can you blame them? Well, I mean that. Can you like truly say that what they're doing is immoral? That kind of goes into uh, the idea of hindsight bias, where within a certain, for example, when we talk about Nazi Germany, right? Yeah. We we know like from now that like that entire uh, that entire series of events was very immoral and like. We, we kind of demonize them, but in a society like that, 
if you were part of that kind of a society, like most likely you would have followed with the same actions as like those around you. And you were I don't think that's a good argument. I mean there are plenty of people in Nazi Germany who didn't like what Hitler did. Yeah, you were true. completely opposed to it. Yeah, true. But I mean I don't think that's as much of like a moral issue at that point. Where it's more of like a you being kind of brainwashed to an extent where you don't really you start to adopt the morality that you've been told to adopt or you've been told to adopt the ideology that you've been told to adopt well so, okay you can be told to adopt something but that's a fully conscious process whereas morality is completely unconscious so if morality was so unconscious then why would people so, follow through with that sorry say that again if morality was unconscious why would people follow through with that i mean some people did sure but if it's objective then every person in Nazi germany would have understood that like yeah this is really immoral and being able to like see um, past the propaganda of uh, hitler and his party okay so i think it's important to understand the difference between universal morality and objective morality All right universal morality is everybody believes in the same morals and has the same moral code objective morality simply means there's a foundation to morality that's grounded in god and it it means that Things can be right and wrong, whether or not humans believe it. Okay, That's the difference between universal and objective morality. And so, with Hitler, you could say that he didn't respect the well-being of his people. That's, that's right in saying, right? Mm-hmm. So, in that case, who's to say what he did was immoral? Right? There's no... Because religion is absent in Nazi Germany... You can't hold him accountable to moral obligations when morality is granted in well-being and he doesn't believe in well-being. Well, he doesn't believe in well-being coming from a higher power, but he believes in a well-being that... He believes in a well-being that he uh, attributes to the good of what he calls his own people. When uh, And when I mean his people, I mean uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. And so he believed right. that the well-being of, those, of his people was attributed to the... I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I yeah, I completely agree with you. So does that mean we can say that he's immoral when he respects well-being in his own regard? We we can't see who's we can see who's immoral looking at it from now again hindsight bias. But when I, it comes to at that time, even like for example in the United States, like. We had a lot of people denying that, like, this was the Holocaust even occurred or that uh, the Holocaust was immoral or whether, whether or not it even was. And we had, like, a lot of people supporting the Holocaust actually in the United States, thinking that it was uh, moral. But now that we look back on it, we understand, like, obviously it was very immoral. And, like, that's where hindsight bias comes into play. But when we think about what we would do or what most people would do in a situation like that, like, we start to think, we start to understand that, like, Maybe morality doesn't play as much of a role in it. Maybe uh, propaganda and being brainwashed seems to overpower that idea of like a objective morality that we that you referred to and that we uh, supposedly have ingrained into our into us since birth. So I'm talking specifically about Hitler and Stalin and Mao, right? I'm talking specifically about these people. Um. I don't think they would have done what they do- what they did if God was in the picture. But that's not to say that God is the reason 
the loss of God is the reason that they were able to, or that they did what they did. I mean, if if we talk about the rise of Hitler, for example, right? Mm-hmm. The absence of religion didn't really have much to do with his rise to power or his. Uh, I perfectly agree with that, right? But I'm saying the absence of a religion did result in what he did, which was the mass genocide of an ethnic group. It didn't result in what he did. It allowed for what he did to occur. Right. Yeah. I mean. And so that that would mean that religion is not the reason that that occurred again. It's it's the absence of it. Sure. The absence of it contributed to. Yeah, the, that's that's perfectly fine with me. So I think on that level, the absence of religion had detrimental effects. Would you agree sure, with that? I agree. But when we go to the opposite spectrum, right? When we go to a more mm. maximalist approach to religion and to society. Now, if we look at like theocracies, for example, in uh, Iran or in Saudi Arabia, we see that uh, religion is like is what societies uh, run off of, and people are held to the are held by law to those same ideals that that religion practices, and. Oftentimes, that does result in radicalization and extremism, as we see with state-sponsored terrorism by Iran and Saudi Arabia, both, and a really, really prominent anti-Western sentiment because of uh, the culture that is attributed to Islam in those areas. Would you say that's? Would you say that all those negative effects stem from religion or corrupt leaders? Because you have other Islamic countries like Jordan or the UAE. That are perfectly fine, like you have Israel as well, that but those are not are not state sponsors of terrorism, but they're they're religious states. Well, with Israel, it's more of a fishy line. You, I mean, some people would consider uh, Israel to be a state sponsor terrorism. Personally, I'm undecided on that, but right, but not because of the religion, because of the leaders, because of like the politics, I guess. Yeah, but. Again, neither of those three countries you mentioned are theocracies, nor are they maximalist societies. For example, Jordan is very, very religiously diverse. Uh, it has a prominent Christian population as well. Same thing with the UAE, it has a prominent Hindu population. And so it would be kind of difficult to name them or even classify them as theocracies. When it comes to Saudi Arabia or when it comes to Iran, however, they are could by you, definition uh, Could you theoc- clarify what you mean by theocracy? A theocracy is a uh, government that is run by religion. Okay. Or a religiously uh, run government. So, for example, Saudi Arabia... And Sharia law. Yeah, runs on Sharia law, which is an Islamic concept. Um, so, Jordan does not fit in that category, is what you're saying? From my experience and from, what I've, from the research I've done relating to Jordan and its politics, Jordan doesn't really seem to have as much of a... Religious, religiously intertwined government. Its government, sure, it uh, the culture of Jordan seems to be quite uh, intertwined with uh, the ideals of Islam and uh, Arab culture, but it has a pretty religiously diverse population, and so uh, its government definitely does not run based on like religious ideals. Its government mm. is pretty political. I see what you mean. Okay, so I think it's safe to say that Religion is good on a political and societal level in moderation. Exactly. After a certain point. And actually, uh, just going back to my point, when we 
go into religious extremism and uh, kind of theocracies, right? Look at the Taliban in Afghanistan. With a day-to-day run based on, like, is- Islamic law, or at least what they interpret to be Islamic law, and uh, persecute any religious minorities or women who don't want to uh, abide by those philosophies, right? But virtually... Okay, I can't say virtually everyone, but a lot of Muslims would disagree with their ideology. Without they would say it goes against Islam itself. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That's that's where radicalism and extremism come into play. And that's what happens when you enter a maximalist uh, ideology or approach to religion. Okay. Let's move on to the individual level. Um, I've often heard that faith is associated with better physical and mental health. Um, and in general, I think this is the critique that atheism, atheists often have, is that religion helps people sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very simplistic way of understanding it, but, I mean, there is some truth to that. People who believe, who have a religion, seem to fare better mentally and physically in terms of health. So, I would actually agree with that, where... As you know, I used to be atheist myself, and so I used to I used to believe the same the same way that religion is nothing but a tool to make people feel better about themselves. But now that I've studied religion a bit more and start to understood like the motivators to start believing in religion and start believing in a higher power, it's not as much like kind of a consolation prize, but more of like a something to hold yourself accountable to mm. and something to kind of look forward to and to uh bounce back off of exactly exactly. so it's again i i do believe that it's a good thing for an individual and it's a it's really good for uh one's well-being but again the same it's in moderation again like if, if one starts to believe too strongly in someone's teachings or if one starts to take things too literally uh when it comes to like a literal interpretation of the bible the quran bhagavad gita whatever it can oftentimes lead to um, widely distilled uh, perception or uh, interpretation of those religions and thus to extremism. And uh, Sure. I mean, I think the individual should definitely focus on the principles of the religion. And I think one great thing on the individual level is that religion gives people purpose and meaning to their life. Yeah. I mean, with atheism, I'm not saying that you can't have purpose, but... If I were atheist, I would find it hard to not not fall into nihilism or meaninglessness. Um, and in that regard, I think religion is definitely good for the individual. Well, that kind of starts to enter the question, is religion necessary for one's well-being? Is religion necessary for one to have a purpose in life? That's true. What do you think about that? I personally don't think it is necessary. I mean... As I said before, I do think that religion can be a powerful driving force when it comes to those who need something to rely off of or need something to uh, live by. Well, but with, I don't. Without religion, would you say that all purpose and meaning is superficial, ultimately? That's an interesting question. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to create our own purpose, right? I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, the purpose of life is to create your own purpose. But again, this brings me back to um, archetypes like Hitler and Stalin, who whose purpose was to decimate a large portion of their population, right? 
their purpose wasn't to decimate a large percentage of the population. Rather, it was to, I guess, find something, find a society that would benefit their, their ideology or their find a group. I guess, find a group that would benefit from it. Yeah, and so, always, and like that's kind of like, uh, the ways by the way by which they went about that. That wasn't necessarily their purpose in life, but that was like the way they got to their quote unquote purpose in life. Mm. Would you say that's a good purpose, though? Uh, I mean that pers- that specific purpose in itself, I wouldn't, especially when it comes to like Hitler, for example, right? I don't agree that it's an example, inherent i racist ideology. Yeah, that that I, that ideology, I don't agree and, with. And I think this but, is one of the biggest pitfalls of what happens when you don't have religion in the individual is everything at the end of the day is superficial and you can you can sort of lead to these dangerous um these dangerous ideologies or true, purposes but coming back to what i was saying like their it wasn't that their purpose was it wasn't that it was a perception of their purpose that i guess was bad where I mean, their perception hitler's, was hitler's purpose was flat out racist yeah, exactly. Where Hitler's Hitler's perspective of what his purpose should be was racist. Like where he thought he believed in Aryan supremacy, right? Yeah. And he he thought that was his purpose, but his purpose was in reality to kind of create a better society, a better world, and that's what he believed in. Mm. No, what is that in itself a bad purpose? No, but that perception of that better world or better society being an inherently Aryan uh, heritage. That in, that in itself is a bad purpose. And er, that's a bad perspective on that purpose. And, uh, yeah. What, what do you think about that? It's interesting. I mean, I would say the two are definitely intertwined. I mean, his racist ideology and his purpose of... His purpose of uh, well-being for humanity. I think those are intertwined. I don't think you can separate them. But regardless, I definitely think that you can have purpose as an atheist. I just think there can be bad tendencies. That you yeah, might I would agree. Uh, your purpose can become superficial if, you're, if you don't have religion or if you don't have that kind of a faith or spiritual background. And to be fair, the same thing goes if you have an extremist interpretation of religion. Yeah, well. of course. Right, okay. And again, that comes in under what I was saying before. Like, it's all good moderation. Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's move on to our last area of analyzing this question, which is the cultural cultural development and cultural well-being. From this standpoint, I would say religion is extremely necessary. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one, no, no concept or idea has been as encapsulating as religion in terms of art, music, and architecture. No ideology has been as influential in that regard as well. If you look at things like uh, the Harlem Renaissance, for example, that was extremely intertwined. As, in much, as much as it were intertwined with race, it was very intertwined with religion as well. Um, you had gospel music, for example. Um, and f- another area of that is the Enlightenment where many would say that's a purely secular um, thing. But I would say it 
definitely stems in some aspects from religion. So yeah, in that regard, I think religion is necessary for cultural development and things like that. I agree. I do. I do agree that religion has been an exceptional uh, motivator and an exceptional has an ex- has played an exceptional role in uh, development of culture, uh, especially since uh, if you look at like how even like Native American and uh, kind of prehistoric religions and ideologies and belief systems have contributed to uh, different inventions and different uh, forms of globalization and such. And so I, I agree that religion has a really important role real to play in, cult- in uh, cultures. However, I do think that it becomes dangerous at some point when your culture or when religion becomes like the culture or when uh the religion is defined by the culture of the society that uh practices can you give an example of that uh for example when we talk about uh a lot of uh, arabian countries right where uh we see that those the people within those countries perceive islam in a certain way and it becomes intertwined in their cultures right but in reality that culture that they uh, practice by is not necessarily what the Quran preaches. We can see the same thing in the Bible, where uh, homosexuality in itself is not really, it's not actually mentioned in the Bible. Uh, it's not considered a sin by the Bible. It is. It's, it is. Well, the uh, the worst. I don't remember what the worst was, but the worst refers to uh, like it's, it's been mistranslated, where it refers to uh, more like pedophilia, like it's refers to a boy not a, like a not like a, a what do you call a male pronoun so it's, it's more of like a, me, i'll respond to that um so i don't think it's been mistranslated because um we take our scripture we translate our scripture from the dead sea scrolls or the masoretic text which is the ancient hebrew text um and then in romans we have the greek the greek part of the new testament um which is where that verse is found and it hasn't been been mistranslated because the Masoretic text has been around for centuries. And we recently found discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Which were which were uh writings of the Bible. And when we compare the two, they matched almost completely perfectly. So I don't think it's been mistranslated. Um and I think in addition there are other verses that that consider homosexuality a sin. For example, look at Sodom and Gomorrah, um, which was the demise of two of a city in Genesis. Story of Abraham and Lot, right? And the reason why they were destroyed is because of the sin of homosexuality. Um, yeah, so I don't think it's a misconception. But how do you think that in- impacts the culture? I think that uh, when religion is taken in that sense, and no, when actually culture and religion become that intertwined, uh, like I said, religion can start to become misinterpreted, and that culture can start to seem more. Uh, the culture can start to be uh, interpreted more as that as the ideology of the religion. And so uh, people might start living by that culture and uh, I, I agree with that. what the religion yeah. actually preaches. Mm. 
So I think a good example of that would be um, slavery in the South, where you had uh, white people manipulate the Bible and their interpretation of the Bible, interpretation of the Bible, um, to promote slavery and to say that it was okay for slaves to exist, which was a cultural thing and a gross mistranslation, misinterpretation of the Bible. And um, you also had in the last few decades um, unacceptance towards um, gay people and other LGBTQ people because of their interpretation of the Bible, which is completely wrong. I mean, the Bible preaches love, even though this homosexuality is still considered a sin. It still preaches love. I mean, Jesus, Jesus ate with prostitutes and um, had parties with sinners. I mean, that's the truest example of love that I could find. And so I agree when you mix an extreme fundamentalist interpretation of religion with the culture, it's not a good combination. Well, uh, I'll get back to the homosexuality uh, argument uh, in a bit, but I think the perfect example of what I'm trying to say is uh, Hindu nationalism and Hindutvaism and uh, its impact on Hindu nationalism in, in India, where this idea of nationalism emerged because of the uh, connection between religion and the culture in India, right? That's exactly right. Where uh, people started started to consider Hind- uh, Hinduism as like the religion of India and uh, kind of started to Go away f- or move away from secularism under the reign of Mo- uh, Narendra Modi, the current and, prime minister. And even for people who disagree with that, that's fine. But you also have casteism, yeah, which is a exactly. more broad example of this, where you have um, religious roots that say one group is inherently higher in value than another. Exactly. And that has since um, saturated itself into the culture of India so bad that it cannot be eradicated and uh again like the caste system has never been mentioned in any any kind of hindu or any kind of hindu scripture or text it's a it has in one huh? it has in one i mean i'll i'll fact check that but at the end of the day it's, it's mixing more of a cultural issue than a religious it's issue. mixing religion with the culture yeah and yeah that i agree that's an example of a completely negative consequence of that and another thing is when uh culture and religion become too intermingled uh it can also start to di- or stir up divides and uh different between different religions for example when we look at india and it's uh, lost to secularism right yeah we see that uh india starts to adopt more of like a uh more laws and legislation in favor of, Hin- of hindus and hinduism and you have a the very CIA. extreme divide against um, Hindus and Muslims and Christians and, Christians yeah. and, and Sikhs, and that's that kind of stems from the idea of uh, Hinduism being uh, intertwined with that culture, and that culture starts to conflict with Islamic culture, Arabian culture, or Christian culture, or Buddhist but would, culture. But would you say that it's more related to the political systems and those in power? Well, sure, it's def- it's definitely stems from that political divide uh, between Jinnah and. Uh, Gandhi and I believe Subhash Chandra Bose and uh, I forget who the uh, president at that time was, but it, it definitely stems from that political divide there, and it just got worse and worse as the decades progressed. But 
it went from a political divide to a religious and cultural divide mm. where it went from more between like india and pakistan to more like between hindus and muslims okay and uh at least in at least in like india and like pakistan individually of course there's a lot of political and uh cultural tension between india and pakistan like respect or between the two countries themselves but even within those specific countries there's a lot of tension between hindus and sikhs or hindus and muslims or right, muslims right, and right. Sikhs and whatever, right so i think you know just to summarize all of that i guess in the cultural aspect we said it's necessary for religion to exist in order to encapsulate all that culture i mean no other ideology other than religion has been that successful in terms of art music architecture and all of those things but there is another side to that um too much religion and too strict of an interpretation um when that gets saturated into the culture it's not a good combination and um so i think we're settling on a common theme of moderation or um at some level right yeah so religion is beneficial in some at, up to some up point. to some point right so and i think that's true for all of all three of these categories political individual and cultural yeah i that's exactly what i said in the beginning and still stick by that so rashab is religion good or bad for society like we keep saying religion is good in moderation moderation or up to a certain limit yeah up to a certain interpretation nice well hope you guys enjoyed that conversation um this we'll, we'll be having weekly podcasts like this uh in terms of in relation to philosophy religion and politics uh we'll be having uh discussions on the moral implications of things the religious implications of things the political implications of things and uh oftentimes taking a look back into the past week and seeing uh what important events have occurred and uh what might be the implications of those things in those three categories or those three aspects and you have any input feel free to contact us um yeah thank you for listening hope to see you in the next podcast